This episode of JJ Meets World is brought to you by Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty. Listen, folks, Natalie's got a great track record when it comes to selling homes. On average, she's moving homes for $4,000 or more above the list price, plus she's selling homes in less than the market average. What does that mean for you? It means you don't have to keep your house clean all the time if you're selling it. If you're a buyer, no one wants to wait around for a year, two years to find the perfect home. Natalie is going to work her tail off to make sure that she finds you the right home at the right price, and she's going to represent you through the entire buying process. So it's kind of like holding a hand to get across the street. Natalie is going to be that Girl Scout who grabs your hand, pushes the walk button, gets you across the street and then points you down the street to where you need to go. If you're selling a home, Natalie is an amazing person to represent you. She's going to keep you top of mind on all these search engines, all the stuff that you have to worry about. Don't worry. Natalie's going to take on that headache. You don't have to deal with it. So get a hold of Natalie today because on average, she sells a home every 3.74 days. That's two homes a week. Sometimes uh, Natalie's selling enough property to make you think that she's an entire team herself. But no, she is the wonder woman of local real estate agents. Natalie Deutsch, 701-388-9338. You can also get a hold of her via email, Natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, at hatchrealityfm.com. Or you can go to the Hatch Realty website, livefargomorehead.com. That is livefargomorehead.com. And hey, start packing. Oh, podcast listener, I hurt my leg this morning and it hurt so bad, but that didn't stop me from recording an awesome episode with our special guest, James Wood. No S, just Wood. If it was he and his wife being introduced together at a formal party to the queen, Mr. and Mrs. James Woods's. It would be less confusing. Tucker and I also, we we talk about some, some personal issues that we have with each other about who's right, who's wrong. I'm going to let you be the judge, jury, and executioner on this when it comes to who really does all the work on these podcasts. Um, and you got to wait until the end of that intro to get to it. But trust me, it is so worth it. And we do a deep dive <laughs> into the career of James Woods, who Tucker has a personal story about all of this and so much more on today's episode of JJ Meets World. One, two, three, four. JJ Gordon, sort of like that Indiana Jones in that he's always snipping out his next adventure. Yes, he is. He's always interviewing guests so he can have them on his show and they can talk about pop culture, arts, and leisure. JJ has his flag unfurled and he likes his french fries curled and he's fun and then he twirls as he goes to meet the world. He will march into the rain even if his ankle sprain. Take a peek inside his brain. This podcast is called JJ Meets World. Ray Donovan, six episodes, Sully Sullivan, that's a horrible character name, White House Down, Walker, Mary and Martha, TV movie, Mary's father, Jobs, Jack Dudman, Officer Down, Captain Verona, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom video game 2012, Hades, Straw Dogs, Tom Hedden, Too Big to Fail, TV movie, Richard Flood. James Woods has the worst character names of any actor out there, and I think it's because he's a little salty. 
and people don't want to give him good ah. character names. So they're going to give him names like Dudman or Flood, and they're just going to leave it on that. I fully, You're saying that the character names are, are retribution for his worldview. Yeah, yeah, they're a little... You know, there's a... A character actors know that there's a certain degree that if your character has a first name, you're gonna probably have this many lines. If you have a first like Tony and last Danza. name, Tony right. Danza's Tony and everything, right? And you, so you're you're gonna get these, you're gonna get more roles. If you're just identified by your profession, that's a bad thing. So if you're dentist, if your billing role is dentist, right? That's not that's not good for you. Um, I bet Stephen Tobolowsky's played plenty of dentists, though. He, he's the person who actually gave me this insight via his podcast, okay. The Tobolowsky Files. Alrighty. Which, if you're not listening to, you're doing yourself a disservice. Amazing, amazing man. Speaking of amazing men, today's guest is James Wood, who is... This episode is so delightfully fun from start to finish. You've really set it up to make it sound like we're talking about the James Woods. I thought we were hosting James Woods because... You, you've met him before, so I thought, wow, that's a big get for us. And we've been talking about who our next big celebrity and is going to be. It didn't ring a bell to you when I was like, yeah, I went to high school with this guy. He was in Resolex. And you're like, oh, yeah, the actor, James Woods. Yeah. And huh. I thought, well, yeah, that's great. Kingdom Hearts 3 is launched, so he doesn't have to do any more Hades voice work. You know what? I didn't even think about this, but you and I actually have a, a James Woods, the actor, is actually a very important part of our, our friend history. How's that? We became friends over a little movie called Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, and James Woods plays the voice of the villain in that Does movie. Does he really? Yep. I don't remember anything about that movie other than the fact that I hated it. It's a bad movie. It's so bad. Not a good movie. James Woods is in it. Did James Wood go like come to the movie? Because I know that you had some other friends who came he, up. He was that. not at that, no. No, it was, it was, from my recollection, it was pretty much South Kids and me. Uh, yeah, I guess Rickson Zollinger was there. Yeah, it was. It was like he was high high teach. You, yeah, Hatich. that's right. The high teach. Uh, you were there, obviously. Dustin Buchanan, Jared Nillis, Jake Hartchie was Jared there. Jared Nillis was not. There. Was he not there? Nah. Oh, because I didn't start hanging out with him until after uh, that summer. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I thought your friendship had already happened way mm. before that. In fact, uh, Jared Nillis, who I became very close with, he and I did not really become friends until uh, September. October of my senior year of high school. I knew Jared no and he had kind of been he had pseudo been dating my sister a little bit. What? And yeah, yeah. Then so and I always thought he was dating Chrissy to get to me because he <laughs> wanted to be an improv and all this stuff. So I had no idea. So I am going to Chicago to have a tour of Columbia to see if I like it. And I offered it up to Sean and this kid Jared if they wanted to come with me, they could help with the driving. And so Sean says yes, and then backs out after we wait hours for him to get his poop in a group. And then Jared and I drove. Jared and I got to Barnesville before we were like, well, we have nothing in common. So what did we do for the next two hours? We replayed over and over and over again the Animaniacs, 50 states and their capitals. So that's why I know Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Columbus is the capital of Ohio. There's Montgomery, Alabama, south of Helena, Montana. Then there's Denver, Colorado, and Boise, Boise Idaho. Um, so thank God we did that. And we ended up having to write it all down on paper so that we could look <laughs> at it. And we memorized all the states and capitals based off of turkey in the straw. Well, James and I didn't have that moment together as you friends in high school. But we were friends much sooner in high school than apparently you and Jared were. Yeah. Yeah. Much sooner. But James is now the second cast member of Resolex we've had on the show, I believe. Mm. Pretty Besides me, technically. Natalie Deutsch didn't have a role? Natalie Deutsch is not in that movie. 
I don't think mm. I think James is the second Resolex cast member if we're not including me. That's exciting. Yeah. So go back if you want full enjoyment of this episode, you should go back and listen to the Resolex episode because you guys do talk quite a bit about it. I want to say that's episode eleven. It's very early on, somewhere around that time. Thanks for doing some research. Uh, you got a computer right in front of you. You could have figured it out what it is pretty I, easily. I made the movie. I can't remember. <laughs> I created this podcast, and I can't remember what episode it was. <laughs> uh, uh, this episode is fun. We talk. If you're a runner, boom, you got something. If you're a Star Wars fan, boom, you're gonna like this. If you're just somebody who likes to do a deep dive into a subject matter, the way he talks about how he needs to put himself into a headspace for certain mm-hmm. stuff, this episode. This episode kind of opened my eyes a little bit, and I'm glad we recorded it when we did leading up to our 100th episode, which is just around the corner, yep. um, because this is exactly the type of guest that JJ Meets World is made for, somebody I get to meet from the world. Um, I've met him a couple times in mm-hmm. passing, so this was a real treat for me to get to spend some time with someone from your past. Yeah. Love me some James. Talk, talk about bike shorts for yeah. longer than I thought. <laughs> uh, today's guest is James Wood. You guys uh, are going to enjoy this. Speaking of things you enjoy, I know you like patreon.com slash JJ Meets World. Swing over there. Donate. We got a big announcement coming up in our 99th episode about those who subscribe to our Patreon. Be listening. JJ Meets World. So when Tucker originally told me our guest today was going to be James Wood, I'm pretty sure he said Woods. Yes. So James Wood, has this been something that's followed you, you your entire life as people be like, James Woods, the voice of Hades from Disney's Hercules? Yep, still still to this day, to the point where like I had actually made a decision a few years ago, like, okay, I'm going to actually be somewhat familiar with James Woods' catalog because this keeps coming up. Like mm-hmm. This is a reoccurring thing. So when people are like, well, the main thing is Family Guy, right? Which right. is funny because- there's years and years and years of work prior to Family Guy, but anytime my name comes up, they're like, oh, James Woods from Family Guy. And it's like, sure, you know, wherever wherever the pull is from. Um, but I actually went back uh, a few years ago and just started watching James Woods movies so I could be like, oh, no, like this movie. Any favorites out of the James Woods catalog of films? Um, I hate to say it, most of them are fairly forgettable to me. They are. You're um, right. No, you're right. But any given Sunday, mm-hmm. fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I actually just really recently dove into the world of football, right? Okay, you're wearing a Raiders cap today. Yes. I had decided that the Raiders were going to be my team. Like, my, my best friend is a diehard Raiders fan. My father was a diehard Raiders fan. And when I decided, like, look, I want to be a part of this community, like the Raiders, I decided that they were going to be my team. Why? Just he just because, told you. He yeah. just no, but, told you, but literally. I, but, I, but here's the thing. Just because other people thought th- that they were fans, like you're like, yep, they're my team because a couple of other people I know. Mm-hmm. Because let me say this. Literally every other football fan that you're going to meet in the Fargo-Moorhead area is a Vikings fan. Yep. So you're bucking a trend. There's some Packers yep. fans, too. No, they, don't, they all live in Oxbow. Oh, do they? Yeah. <laughs> so forget that. I'm just curious because being a Raiders fan, especially if you're going to start – I under, like if you're a kid and you're a Raiders fan, I understand that. Yep. Or if you have some kind of an affinity to the team. But to just come out and be bold in your 30s and say, I yep. am a fan of football, everyone. Yep. And specifically <laughs> the Oakland Raiders. Well, he didn't yeah. do it like that, JJ. That I, would be the JJ way to do it. I 
basically did it like that. Yeah. He's, he's not that far off. So <laughs> I know other Raiders fans. That's how you operate. How it kind of all came up was like, I, I really, I didn't care about sports. Okay. Um, you did not. You're not, on the right podcast. I, I didn't care yeah. about sports, but I did like share that, uh, that team feeling. Right. Right. So, I went, let's say, like, in high school, like, you're going to go watch the the basketball game or the football game. Like, I went just because of, like, oh, there's going to be so many people there, and it's exciting, and, like, like that feeling that comes with it. I went for the concessions. Great popcorn. Great popcorn. Pump cheese. It's, it's only $1.25. Oh, it's so good. I like I like that feeling. Like, it always, it always kind of made me think of – so I also grew up, like, not really going to church, right? Uh, my mom was very much like – Look, here's religion. If you want it, go get it. If not, that's cool too. Um, so, so my mom did with popsicles. <laughs> well, <laughs> these, are, these are popsicles. If you want them, go get them. <laughs> There's a lot of variety. Um, but yeah, I would kind of just go to church from time to time, and then like you know that collective like feeling. I don't know. So anyway, you want to be a part of something bigger than just yourself. Yeah, yeah it, it feels good. Make sure to, to put that mic right in front cheer. of your mouth too. It, it feels good to like cheer for something. It feels good to get excited about it and like root for something. Um, but football is so driven into so many people, right? That I would just find myself. It is a religion in this part of the world. Yeah, I, I would find myself a part of these conversations, but not really in these conversations about, you know, how are the Vikings doing? How are the Packers doing? Bridgewater doing this season? Yeah. All this stuff. And I would just kind of always stand slightly off to the side and be like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yep. Teams, things We're we're having a good time. Uh, But for, for a few years, I was just like, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to be like standing off on the side of this anymore. Like I don't need to be diehard about it, but like I want to join this conversation and I want to like, like there's just so many random times when football would come up and I'm just like, I, I don't know anything about this. And I I hate every single time being like, yeah, I don't know, whatever Packers Vikings. Um, So very much just like you said, like I had kind of been talking about it off and on for like three years to my wife being like, I'm thinking about uh, doing this football thing. Like, what do you think? Um, And then finally one year I was like, this is it. Like the, the preseason is starting. I'm just going to start reading. I'm going to start learning. I'm going to start talking to my friends um, and I'm going to watch all these games and see what I can figure out. And I mean, the first two years was just, how does this game work? <laughs> mm-hmm. What is actually going on here? <laughs> so if you took out the word football and what you said and added the word vasectomy, I have friends who have the exact same situation. Like I talked to my wife about it for a couple of mm-hmm. years and I did some reading on it and some research and I talked to my friends about it. Yep. Who, my friends who are also into quote unquote vasectomies. Uh, and so I find that there's so many things in life that circle around that same idea of, when it's time to make a decision yep. in your life and you made a decision yep. and you're a Raiders fan. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you right right off the bat. I am not a football fan. Mm-hmm. I do not have a horse in that game. If someone said, would you like a starter jacket uh, for any team? <laughs> I would probably say the Dallas Cowboys because I had one in seventh grade. Yep. And I'd want to recreate <laughs> photos from when I was in seventh grade. Yep. They, the, the Cowboys were like the team. When, so that's was it thing. weird? Like, it was weird. They were hot. They were winning. Yep. Even if you didn't know anything about sports like I did, like you knew Chicago Bulls. It's like the, yep. the Penguins for hockey yep. um, and the Dallas Cowboys. It was just kind of like, like you said, you would see the starter jackets. I always had um, 
uh, I had a Charlotte Hornets starters jacket and um, that's right, Orlando Magic, <laughs> <laughs> because I thought Shaq and Anthony Hardaway were real cool. You know what the so here's something about the Magic I feel is a, a missed opportunity. Their mascot should have been a magician. Definitely. And so when they're out there with the cheerleaders, he's or got a wizard flying. or someone with some sort right. of magical, magical power. powers. Right? I don't, do you remember what the mascot was for the Orlando Magic? Not at all. Couldn't they tell might as well have just said the Orlando poorly thought out. That should have been the name of the team. Uh, do you follow basketball at all? Nope. So this is something. So neither do I. <laughs> but I do know this. There is a team, and I think feel like it's in New, New Orleans, but they're the Pelicans, and they're an NBA team, and they've got a Pelican mascot, but they also have another mascot, which is King Cake Baby. Mm-hmm. There is a French tradition where on Mardi Gras, you eat pieces of cake, and at some point, someone is baked in a, like a bean, like a hard bean or a little plastic baby Jesus. And if you get the piece of cake that happens to have the baby Jesus in it, you are king for the year. And so babies have become synonymous with huh. Mardi Gras. And so the problem here is the mascot that they made is like nine feet tall, and it is the most horrific-looking baby you have ever seen. It's got a big diaper. It's obviously like a boy because it's got that doofy boy <laughs> baby look. And it's got the one tooth coming down and the curly hair. But it is massive and these giant eyes. And so whenever I see the king cake baby, I think, well, it's good to know that even though I don't have any athletic skill – there are still some people within this organization who don't have skill when it comes to things like creativity. Yeah. So there's a balance of the universe maybe, somewhere. Maybe it's all intentional, though. I mean, it's... So that we talk about King Cake Baby? It's like a, a terrifying thing, but it's probably fine, similar to having like a small, hard, chokeable thing <laughs> hidden in your food. My French teacher used to bring king cake on Mardi Gras. And you here's the thing. Like, when I take a bite of cake, it's like I'm swallowing as the next bite is almost yep. to my lips. But so with this, you had to put it in and then carefully clamp down your teeth and like, mm, 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 to make sure that you didn't accidentally break a tooth yeah. on the bean. I would have eaten it quickly and choked and died. <laughs> also, on Amazon, you can buy like plastic baby Jesuses, like a gross of them for $20. So if you need a bunch of little... I don't know if you go to a lot of manger-related no, events. I don't. I don't. Uh, James you, has a sketchy past with manger scenes, I believe. Do you know about that? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, so your, your, mom sh- your mom lets you choose religion, and now there's manger stories in your past. I went to high school with James. I've known James for a long time. Um, so, yeah, there's all sorts of James stories I could tell you. James was homecoming king. Uh, mm-hmm. What year? Was that senior year? Yeah. Yeah, senior year. James was homecoming king. What year? year uh, 2003? Did you graduate? Yeah. So what did it feel like to be homecoming king and not be into sports? Felt uh, felt real good. Yeah. Yeah. Take that. It was sports. Yeah, it was I felt hol- like I res- represented the, the everyday man. Well, it was hilarious, too, because our, our senior year was the year – our buddy Mike Grayton suddenly sort of intricated all these popular groups and started because uh, you had to not there people had to get nominated to be potential part of the court. Part of the court. Mm-hmm. And I remember Grayton like 
he we knew that James was going to be on the court and Grayton's like, I want to get on that court. And he basically ran this like personal campaign to get himself nominated enough times to get on the court. And um, we n- none of us thought I'm trying to remember who all was on the court of the men. Wasn't Tyler Koenig one of them? Koenig one of them. Yep. So we all kind of thought that Tyler might get it because he was sort of the sports star, mm-hmm. both basketball and football. And we thought, wouldn't it be hilarious if Grayton got it because he's doing it almost as like a joke. Um, but then I remember the moment when James got it and Grayton and I made eye contact because I was sitting in the audience and we were like, yes, <laughs> absolutely, yes. And then you even <laughs> pitched Resolex during the, the, the win yeah. in front of the group because James was in Resolex. I was going to say, you know, what's funny about that is homecoming is at the beginning of the school year. Yeah. And Resolex did not come out until the end almost, of the school almost year. Almost like a few days from graduation. Yeah, a lot of, lot of hype with Resolex. A <laughs> yeah. lot, a lot of hype. A oh, very, very uh, aggressive guerrilla marketing campaign. Yep. What was your role in the film Resolex? <laughs> I played a character named DJ Master Bling. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, uh, like a token scientist uh-huh. who also wielded a lightsaber. <laughs> yep. A lot of plot holes that was, in Resolex. That was about the depth of my character. Yeah. I really liked it though. So, it's. James was our one black friend. <laughs> so he played the so the the gag that we thought we thought we were brilliant obviously we weren't but that his character gets killed off about a million times almost Kenny style because at that time it was just part of the Hollywood films of, yeah. is that the the black character is going to die. Mm-hmm. Like that guy's not going to make it to the end of the movie. So we thought what if his character dies repeatedly? But there's no consequence to that actually happening because he just comes back in the next scene. He's always he always returns. So that was DJ Master Bling, mm-hmm. and that was James. I like to think there's more to it. Well, right? that was yeah. The, 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 <laughs> really the brought, right the right hand man. You really no. brought a heart and soul to it for in, sure. As in a lot of the main shots. Yeah, uh, a scientist. I would say you were definitely Kjax's second in command. I would say so Did for you sure. Do what kind of science? Great question. Yeah. Great question. <laughs> you didn't delve into that in the That's great. DJ Mastabling was a scientist, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Well, and this is all based off the fact that I wore a lab coat in one of the earlier scenes of the movie. Because yeah, because when the Rezzle breaks out mm-hmm. and DJ Mastabling was was a part of that group. I yep. totally forgot about that part of it. That DJ Mastabling was part of the initial scientist group mm-hmm. that was trying to corral the Rezzle. Mm-hmm. I like to think that I was probably the guy in the room to be like, uh, Maybe we shouldn't. Uh, oh, you're gonna do it? Okay. Do you you, right. you die in that scene too, right? Because when the rizzle breaks out, he kills the scientist. Yeah, I think I'm in front and center. Yeah, <laughs> front and center on that one. Away. Lots of screen time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's. Uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. I really did. Were you in theater in high school? No, no. James was a super creative kid, though. I mean, he had a band. Mm-hmm. Get a couple bands. What was your bands? Tell me the um, names. I love band names. Creed Hound Five. Oh, Creed Hound Five. No, that was a um, that was an AOL instant messenger name. So, what's it's funny that you just brought that up because yesterday, like just yesterday, I was on YouTube and in the recommended section, and I don't know if I've just searched for this at some point in time, but it was like, what happened to Creed? 28 minutes long and i was like whoa whoa okay like i'm curious like let's talk about it but i don't know like if i can devote 28 minutes of my time to it but i did 
and it was super entertaining, and I'm glad that I had watched it. James and I and our friend Brady Rupert and then Matt Johnson made a fake boy band for a day mm. so that we could perform on Brady's roof to yep. my girlfriend and Brady's girlfriend. And uh, uh, James's girlfriend came by too, mm-hmm. I think, to watch us like lip sync some Backstreet Boys mm-hmm. as a joke on top of Brady's house. And so to name the band, we thought, well, what are our favorite bands? And James's favorite band at the time was Bloodhound Gang. Yep. Brady was into Creed. I was into Ben Folt's Five. And so we can, we combined the three to Creed Hound Five, yeah. and then that became and Isaiah Wants a, to Messenger. Apparently, name. we didn't care about Matt. <laughs> <And his, laughs> what gonna say? Like, I like all those bands. <laughs> um, so let's go back to this. Do you think that there are people out there who are super pissed when they go on YouTube and they search Creed clips, and now they the band oh. gets mixed with the the Sylvester Stallone Rocky movies and vice versa, oh. and those people are like, ah. The shitty band, and then other people are like, "Ah, oh, the shitty movie." And Is it a bad movie? Pissed? No, I like the Creed oh, a lot. Okay. But if you're a Creed fan looking for clips of a Creed concert and all you're getting is boxing mm-hmm. trailers, you probably are pretty PO'd. Got it. Which that also happened to me because in that video they referenced like an especially terrible Creed performance that mm-hmm. like shook the world. And I was like, well, I have to see that because they had specifically said like December 29th, 2001 in Illinois. And I was like, yep. So I was like <laughs> Googling like Creed and that date or like Creed, Illinois, Scott Stapp, drunk, Illinois, whatever. Is that what he was just drunk on stage? I mean, allegedly. Apparently you just couldn't get through a song. Okay. And then some fans got upset and like sued. I don't think they won, but. Oh, yeah. But that was like ultimately what led to. To, uh, like the lead singer Scott Steps, like him coming forward about like having a breakdown, got it, or like being addicted to pills or something. So that in... was before the sex tape with him and Kid Rock, <laughs> roadies on the bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the our previous podcast guests, Jason Jacobson, who's also in the Linebenders with me, we play a game called Jeopardy, where the crowd shouts out an answer, and then we come up with a Jeopardy style response. So, you know, category North American birds, turkey, and someone says, like, uh, what is bowling three strikes? But clever, more clever than that. You know, you can take something, you flip it. Anyway, so he plays, is Scott Step? Is that what it is? Stap. 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 Yeah. Like staff. Yep. Yeah. With a P. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So he plays Scott Stapp in this Jeopardy game where this guy is now to the point of where he's competing on Jeopardy for money and he answers all of his things with and it is one of the funniest gags I have ever seen in my entire life and he really owns up sometimes he'll bring a chair up so he can put his like leg up on it and really get into it well it's weird to think too but the fact that you know Brady who is uh, very religious mm-hmm. he was into Creed because Creed is a Christian band right and so but Scott Stapp behind the scenes was probably engaging in some of the most unchristian behavior you could mm-hmm. probably, and so I, I, I feel like I wonder if all of those Creed fans had to have sort of their own falling out with that band, or if they kind of stuck with him. But I haven't seen Brady since high school. I don't even know where no. he is anymore. I, I would assume it was just kind of justified, and like you know, he was being tested. Right. Scott Staff was being put through a test <laughs> to see like how he'd come out through the other end. But uh, I mean, like it's that's it's got to be hard, I and mean, it's got to be crazy. Like sure. I mean, how would any of us? act if within like a year or two we just 
were like mega stars with right. all this money and all these fans. Like well, they were independent. We'd all probably they get weren't weird. on a label, right? I think they were an independent band for a little bit. So, yeah. so there wasn't even like a corporate group to try to rein them in. Right. It was basically just whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. One thing I want to touch on real quick before we move on, like the next talking point at the beginning, we were talking about James Woods, the actor. Oh, right. So I've actually met James Woods. Uh, when I was working in poker TV, there was one day where I got to basically, uh, uh, he was on our set all day long. I got to interview him. And then we shot a feature with him later that day. And so I actually got to meet the guy. And when he came on set, he was very nice. Like he walked around, he shook everyone's hand. He realized that he was the big deal in the room and he was being very nice. Was he dropping bombs about his short-lived series shark? No, that thing should have had legs. That should have lasted for 10 seasons. But he brought um, this woman with him that I thought was his daughter. Wasn't his daughter. Sure. Was his girlfriend who was, wait for it, 19 and was, wait for it, the daughter of a close personal friend of his. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so he brings this woman who just stands in the back of the room with her arms crossed and then is getting massages all day from like the staff. And, And then James Woods just plays at this table all day. And he was very nice to us up front, but then if you look at his Twitter page, his his Twitter account, that dude is insane. Yeah, it's pretty aggressive. It is super aggressive, and he's got a really bad rep mm-hmm. in the industry for being like a chauvinist. So I prefer this James Wood, <laughs> far and away, Without to that James S. Woods, to that James Woods. Well, uh, it's it it's really it's a, a transfer. Uh, it it wasn't always James Woods because there was a large chunk of time when it was Tiger Woods. So oh. you're like, hi, I'm James Wood. Oh, like Tiger Woods. Huh. Like, no, Sing- singular. Yeah, but like that, I Single don't know, it's wood. like after a while you just kind of like want to. Do you have an Instagram throw. feed of you just taking pictures with signs that have the word wood in it? No. So like at Lowe's, like it's funny because it's like, ah, wood. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I should probably, that would probably get more followers than my regular Instagram. It would. You could really monetize that too. Like I'm sure there's some people out there who would enjoy that. Everything that I see that I decide I'm going to put on Instagram that I'm like, this is the funniest thing I've seen in months gets like nothing. Give me an example. Um, I saw, so I go on runs in the morning uh-huh. and like one day I was running by NDSU and one of the campuses had a giant snow dick built in it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, it was probably almost as tall as me, maybe five and a half feet tall. And I just like stood there and it was like kind of by, uh, you know, like there's that corner. I'm sorry. I'm really bad with directions, but like here's NDSU and then there's a gas station right across from it. There's an intersection. There are always people there like sitting on couches. Like it was like right around that area. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just so amused by the fact, just probably like those college kids who spent an hour or two building this massive snow dig. Like I was just standing there. I was like, this is the funniest thing. Like everybody's going to laugh at this and nobody. And you got a good pick of it before. Cause here's the thing. I imagine at one point somebody came and tore that down. They're like, this is ridiculous. It, it stayed up for longer than I expected because then every day you'd go by and it was just like sadder and smaller. <laughs> it was more flaccid yeah. <laughs> as this time went on. <laughs> I remember when we were doing Resolex and at one point I posted all of our photos on hotornot.com when all the guys, mm-hmm. everyone like screenshots from the movie while we were still editing it. 
and Matt Johnson did the best. Mm. He was in his Patty costume. Yep. And he was like nine point eight, like like really highly rated. And you were you were right there with them. Like you were like, if not right at that rating, you were right at the bottom or right right underneath it. And uh, I did the worst. Like Aww. far and away the worst. <laughs> It's too bad. And I didn't think I was going to be near the top at all, but I didn't think I was going to be at the bottom either. <laughs> and that was probably like one of the trimmest you've been in your entire yeah. life. So, yeah. so Tucker re-uploaded a picture in the Patty costume, which essentially was like like a red beret and then like a pink yeah. tank top and yeah. pink pants. Yeah, he was in. Pants. He was yeah, because we were really you know mature. Sure. At that time, yeah. Because the whole deal with Patty was that he was he was a gay man. Oh. That's the gag. That that was that was the whole gag with him. But he was also like we were. I think James and I in our generation, we're a generation of guys who in high school, um, the the reason that you would make gay jokes was to diffuse the notion that being gay is bad mm-hmm. and that you are not a man because you're gay. Because I was a theater kid, I was getting called gay all the time by a lot of the athletes at school, and so we would just sort of like lean into it mm-hmm. and sort of like own it a bit instead of doing it but uh so yeah so so patty was that character was basically any sort of uh gay angst or nervousness that we might have as kids because we're told that you have to mm-hmm. you have to do this thing to be a man we would live him out through through him yeah and then we had precious which was mikey's character yeah who predates the trailer park boys having a character with always having a shirt off yeah Mm. So I think Resolex really broke some ground. That's right. With having a character who was always wearing no shirt and then my dad's pink bicycle shorts, which are gone now. I think they're just, I think they disintegrated or something I'm after sure. shooting that movie Mikey for two years. still probably got them. <laughs> Every once in a while, he just like takes them out and looks at them and they remembers must be the hard. good old they days. Must be like, he could like na- put nails in the wall with them. Uh, James, so what have you done since high school? What's been your thing? You run now. You said that. Yeah, I like to run. Um, like how much are you running? Miles at a time? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've done two marathons now. Whoa. Um, I've done probably six or seven half marathons and just like a couple handfuls of 5Ks and 10Ks. I could maybe get a block mm-hmm. running mm-hmm. and then... I'm done. Yeah. And I understand that running can be addictive to some people where they just they love that runner's high. And I would love to be able to run long distances. I'd love to be able to do the thought of like, I'd love to run a marathon and not have it mean death. <laughs> because if I attempted to do a marathon tomorrow and I pushed myself as hard for those 23 plus miles, I would die. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we're in agreement on <laughs> this. Was, uh, you would. Yep. Right. Yep. <clears throat> so what's it like? What's it like when you hit the wall? Have you ever hit the wall? The yeah. runner's oh, wall? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, so the thing why I like talking about running to people is because it took me a long time to get into it, right? And it took maybe five or six chant like tries. So just similar to the football thing, like I really had to like research try it be like well this is terrible i'm not gonna do this and like try it again like do all the justifications of getting up in the morning um and going out and doing it but like i just feel like i'm a very normal 
like non-intimidating person to talk to about running, which kind of was my problem for a long time is I would, I'd want to talk to people in the community and figure out like, okay, well, where do you run? Like, what do you do to prepare? What before, after, like, what is, how does this whole thing work? Um, I'm sure you had some people who were dicks who were like, we just put one foot in front of the other. That's it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You, you look maybe like towards to, to the internet to find out that kind of stuff to do the research. And you're kind of met with a lot of like snarky comments, maybe from people who've been doing it for a long time. And just like, like I'm very much in the mentality of like, even if you run a block, like you still ran a block and that's huge because the day before you probably didn't run a block. So like you should be really proud and be really happy about that. And what is the, like there's sort of like that phrase of you're running faster than everyone who's just sitting on the couch right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, I, I didn't really want to figure out how to do this or what my process was going to be online. So then I thought, well, like I could go to like the running stores in town. Like they've been opening up. Those people are super nice. Um, but like me as like a, a stocky dude and you're going in to talk to someone who's like 86 pounds and has been running in high school and college. And like, even though they're super nice, you're like, well, I'm not you and I'm not at like your level. Um, so like, it, it's funny. I remember the exact moment, like literally the exact moment I decided that I was going to make this a part of my life is I was in my car, uh, listening to a podcast and I was just like sitting there buckled in and something happened and I laughed and my belly completely independent from the rest of me just was like, bloop, bloop. like I felt it raise up and plop down. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, that's never happened before. Like, now maybe I should start like thinking about like getting the belly down a little better. Um, and I've never had any arm strength. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> the thought of going and like lifting a weight is just <laughs> terrifying to me. Um, so I was like, well, like let's, let's, uh, let's start thinking about running and, and start thinking about like what I can do. Um, and it turned out that, it actually turned out to be the best thing for my personality um, because I'm a person who, like, I'm a pretty social guy. Um, I like talking to people, like meeting new people, but I also kind of need to like set time aside and really just like go inward um, and just be like, no, no, no outside world, like literally no matter what. Um, and so I kind of found like, well, I could go on these runs, you know, s start out like walking, running, whatever. Um, and then it's just me. It's my headphones. I can do podcasts. I can do audiobook. I can just like listen to whatever. Um, and it just kind of turned out to be this really like therapeutic thing. Like it just like it allowed me that time uh, to have on my own or like think through whatever's going on, whatever problems I'm having in my personal life or at work. Um, and I just kind of used that for a really long time. And I didn't think about it in terms of like losing weight or like what what was going to come of it. I was just like, well, I kind of, I kind of need this to not be a psychopath. Um, so I'll just keep, keep trying that. Did Susie start running at the same time? Um, she, she ran before, uh, but she got serious about it around the same time I did. Okay. Um, so my I see you both do like Instagram posts of like mm -hmm. you know, running together and stuff, which is awesome. Yep. Yeah, that, that, uh, that, goes in her family uh her dad is a runner okay um he's been a runner for a long time he still runs uh they live out in the country and even in like the polar vortex he's putting his stuff on you know at 60 some years old and going out and running like three to five miles and so 
you know, I, that's something that I try to remind myself. Um, I don't want to go, I don't want to go running. It's cold out. I'm tired, whatever. Um, but I like will actively think like, well, Larry's going to go run. Mm -hmm. You're half of his age, man. Like if he can do it, like you can do it. A, a lot of people, I, it seems to be like there's a, a trend to, I shouldn't say a trend, but certainly there is something to the idea of making it a part of your day to get up and do something you don't want to do mm -hmm. and getting that first win, that sort of oh, yeah. willpower win. Yeah. A lot of people do uh, use cold showers for that, which I get, but I'm never going to do because that like the warm shower at the beginning of the day is sometimes that's like the best part of my day. Sure. Cause like you can just sit and think, um, or you can eat chicken strips in the shower like I do, which is really delicious. But it, Getting that first win of doing something that you don't want to do seems to be a really good way to start the day. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I would like to have that, but I don't want to go through running. Like I, I hate running. I hate the feeling of it. I hate how hard it is for me. I do love going for walks and the skinniest I ever was, was one summer. Um, I just would get up every morning at 6am. I didn't have a day job at the time I was freelancing. So I'd get up every morning at 6am and I'd go for a walk and I would just listen to music or podcasts and stuff. And uh, those walks started to be about 30 minutes to an hour long. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, I was doing three to four hour walks. Yeah, Just the full, my whole morning was just walking and I felt amazing. And I kind of wish I could get back. I got to get back into that. I, I shouldn't say, I wish I could get back into that. I can get back into that. I have to do the thing where you get up in the morning and you go, I don't want to do this, it's, but it's, I'm going to do this. It's so hard though, but they, there's, uh, there's such a sense of accomplishment. Like for me, like if I'm going to have that like conversation in my head, you know, and, and there's the two voices, like the, the voice that's saying like, don't do this thing that you don't want to do or that you're scared of. Like, obviously that's, that's always the louder, stronger voice. So if that like little baby meek voice on the other side is just like shouting and shouting, like, go do this, go do this, go do this. And then you, I ultimately do it. Like I, I can sit and like, think about that and then like apply it next time. Like, I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I don't want to do it today, but I totally didn't want to do it last time. And I still did. And I got up and I survived and everything was fine. Um, and I just try to try to use that as motivation. Like I'm almost like driven by my desire to be super lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I find that, uh, to me, my ultimate excuse is the fact that like, well, there's always something else to watch. Mm -hmm. So, for me, I find I find that things like Netflix binge watching and the fact that everything's convenient is one of the things that keeps me from doing it. The summer I was the skinniest is I remember I would get home from school and I watched The Simpsons was on at 4.30 mm -hmm. and I watched The Simpsons rerun and then it was like a couple bullshit shows and so I didn't want to watch those. So I was like, well, I'll go out and I'll go for a walk or a jog, something like that. And because I didn't have other opportunities and things at my fingertips, it pushed me out of the house. But now I'd go home and let's say I watch The Simpsons and I think, well, I could just binge watch the rest of The Simpsons yep. and I'll just pull up, pull up Hulu. Before you know it, an hour and a half has gone by. No, I got to get some chips. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so in a world where we're be everything's becoming more convenient, I think it's harder and harder for people to find that self-drive until it's too late because a lot of people don't take their health seriously until something happens. There's that breaking point yeah. where they say, 
oh my gosh, you know, I'm diabetic or uh, uh, I've already had a heart attack. Um, a good uh, a good friend of mine uh, had his knees replaced, and he had advice from someone who said, "Listen, you need to lose some weight." And he's like, "Oh, I, I know, I know, I'm getting my knees replaced, and then I'll be able to do this." He's like, "No, no, you need to lose weight before you get your knees replaced. Like, you need to go into the surgery already in mm-hmm. with this momentum. Otherwise, it's going to be ten times more difficult for you to kickstart it afterwards." And he's lost a significant amount of weight, and he's doing great on those new knees. And he the, he echoes that same thing. Is thank God somebody reached out and said that to me. Otherwise, I probably would have worn out another pair of titanium knees. Mm-hmm. So when you you've got that loud voice, and then you got your little meek voice telling you like, "Go for it, you're the <laughs> man." Does that voice get louder the more? that you get into running like the the further you go along and now you know like gosh I could do I can do a marathon now so does that voice get louder for you at all um no unfortunately not uh it's it's it, what I what I kind of needed to do is is customize everything and and make everything um make a, a really really detailed regimented schedule for, for like how I was going to do my day. Um, so like, you know, kind of going back to what you said about like the stuff to watch, like I would do it. So like, I obviously want time to wake up and like drink a cup of water, have some coffee before I head out. So I used to do it where it's like, I, I would wake up at four in the morning every day. Right. And then I would watch, uh, there was a TV show on for a while called at midnight Loved at midnight. Loved at midnight. I'd watch it on Hulu, so I'd have to watch last night's episode the next day. So I'd get up in the morning, I'd watch at midnight, and then Hulu also had a daily show for a while called um, EP Daily, which was just like they just talked about like video game releases and stuff. So it's like, okay, I have these two 30-minute shows, and that one hour is my time. Like I'm going to drink coffee, I'm going to be on my phone. But midway through EP Daily, I got to go start getting my stuff on because right at five, right when those ends, I'm out the door, um, which, which, and you know, whatever, I'd follow my schedule, run for this amount of time, be at work at this amount of time. Or, um, but that also would kind of work against me sometimes because if I was running late and I'm like, it's 5.15 and I'm like, well, I didn't make it out the door at five. So <laughs> guess, guess who's not going anywhere? <laughs> Uh, what are the things that, uh, you as a runner, you're like, oh, okay. So I am, I picked up this item. So you did a lot of research. You talked to some people and you wear those things like on your nipples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. See, that was something I thought was a joke the tape? at first. The tape. Is um, that what it is? I, I use the running store as this little like roller ball. Don't you have hairy nips though? Not really. Oh, I thought you did. Sorry, man. No, that's right. I mean, I'm not super disappointed by that. <laughs> I just figured that you'd have some pubes around the areola that would get ripped off if you're putting tape if on there. Tape, sure. But this is just like a little like roller ball mm-hmm. of like salve. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it, got it, got it. It's like he's a deodorant. Lo- he's lubing up. Got it. He's lubing up. Um, what are some things that you've you've purchased? Like, do you have a shoe, a particular running shoe that you think is like, yep, this is the running shoe? For yeah, me. yeah. Um, I'm an Asics guy through and through. What is yeah. it? Asics. Um, but that uh, that kind of came because my wife's father uh, would give us running shoes. So he was a cross-country track coach. So through the school, he could get discounts on shoes. So every birthday, 
uh, Christmas, any gift giving occasion, we always got new pairs of Asics because that's kind of what he would go or he would always wear. Um, oh, those those aren't the ones that like the toes, is it? No, no, okay. No, I haven't. I don't know if I would try. I'm I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure there's a lot of benefits to it. But okay, right, like, right, right. I I prefer to feel like I'm like invisible when I'm outside running. Like I don't. It, I, I don't want to think about that. There's like people in cars being like, look at this guy (laughs) (laughs) huffing away. Um, So I try to avoid all like a lot of like the running, like bright color uh, stuff. But I also do my running like in the dark in the mornings. So I don't really like see people and I don't really have to worry about it too much. What time are you up in the morning? I get up at four. Oh, four. Time you go to bed. In a perfect world, I would just like lay right down about seven forty-five <laughs> <laughs> and drift off at eight. Um, I don't know. My my body really like starts a like a rapid shutdown process around seven o'clock. Okay. So it's like anything that I need to do in the evenings, I I try to get done like as quickly after work as possible because there's gonna there's gonna reach a point where I'm just like sitting on the couch going, huh. Mm-hmm. 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 And I mean well, but like I've just checked out. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a real reason why people, if they're gonna work out, they do it in the beginning to middle part of their day. Those after work workouts can kind of sometimes be are so easy to skip. We've got more energy in the morning. You just got up from resting. So see, you- I find I don't have the most energy in the morning. I find it takes a while, like an old like an old diesel truck. It takes me a while <laughs> to get going. So my most active is around midday. Okay. For at least for me. And everyone's body is a little bit different, right? Right. I also don't drink coffee. Mm. Yeah. So when I you know, I wake up, I drink Diet Coke, but it doesn't have any effect on me anymore unless I don't drink it and then I get horrible headaches. Thanks a <laughs> lot, Coca-Cola Company. <laughs> um I don't know why I am thinking about this, but like when you were like ASICs, I was like, Oh, the racist wears ASICs and gets LASIK. It's all those icks together. <laughs> what? Yeah. You, all those icks together, right? Where did a racist come into this? Well, because I need another, like, it's rhyme the, scheme. It's part of the rhyme scheme. <laughs> like, if I could have come up with it's something freestyling else. freestyling time. I, yeah. I, I thought he was calling you a racist at first. Oh, like, Why would no. James be a racist? He also is wearing glasses. You don't have LASIK. Well, yeah. That's right. But he wears ASICs. Yeah, that's the, the only person I know that wears ASICs. That I know wears ASICs. Oh, I, no. No, I, I have a pair. But see, I just said... The only person that I know that wears Asics. Yeah, I and I didn't know you wore Asics you, until well, right okay, now. Okay, so I hate to get all English language on you, but your statement is both true and false at the same time because the only person that you know of that's what I meant. that you wear, but you do know other people who wear Asics. Right, right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just like to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one time I opened a. Fortune cookie at a PF Chang's in Chicago, and I'm sitting there with my girlfriend, and it says, "You are both kind and genuine." And I'm like, "Oh my fucking god, this fortune cookie knows that there's two of us here. <laughs> like, how does that happen? Like, did they pick this one out?" And she's like, "No, no, no. like, you, JJ, <laughs> have both of these qualities." And I'm like, "Well, either way." And so I kept that thing in my wallet for years, and I would show it to people. And say, can you at least see where I'm coming from on this? And they're like, they're like, eh, well, okay. So there's a thing JJ called context when you read, and so when you read this story, what's the context? It has a lot to do with comma placement, right? Yeah, and this did not have any commas right. in it. 
So if it had a you, no, actually, are, that would, a comma wouldn't even come into it with that sentence, regardless of the intention. Right. You are both these things, and both of you are this. It's just, English language is so stupid. It is dumb. I wish that we had a more refined language, or at least we wouldn't let average Joes take control of our language, <laughs> because I feel like that happens a lot. So this is going to actually connect. James, you're a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Well, I'm going to talk about this the whole time. Do they call English a certain thing in the Star Wars world? Because I know that there's a sort of like, there's this alphabet that you see used mm-hmm. on like signs and stuff in Star Wars that's just symbols, and that's sort of like a galaxy-wide used speech but then you've got humans who are speaking in English. You, we, you don't hear any other human language in Star Wars. You've got humans who speak English with a British accent, which means they're part of the Empire, for the most part. <clears throat> or they were Imperial at one point. But is does English itself have a name in Star Wars? I have no idea. Okay. Like common? It's like the common that. tongue or something like that. Terrans, I think, are what they call human beings. I yeah, think. I was going to say, we also don't necessarily know that like what we're looking at is a human. Sure. I mean, face, arms, whatever. Whatever we can see is very human-like. But right. I mean, like, Let's get a look at the genitals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drop them, Obi-Wan. Uh, <laughs> But you don't know if there's like a tail like coming out of their back or right. something weird. You don't so, know that, right? Like, to be honest, and I mean, yeah, I guess I just I, I I wonder if we're even if we're just having it translated for us if they're actually speaking a different language. But because we can't understand their language, we're getting a a translator that's making it sound like English. I I just finished uh, reading the book that is about like Palpatine's rise to power and him like killing Plagueis. It's so good. It's Is so it good. Canon? No. Um I thought it was. And then like after I read it, like I went on and I was reading about it online and they're saying that that whole storyline is removed from canon. Okay. Um like when they did when Disney did the purge or well everything that was so it used to be Star Wars and Star Wars Extended Universe. And it was all considered, there was stuff that was essentially canon. Um, In Lucas's mind, the films were all that was canon. But the Extended Universe was sort of like its own thing that most of the hardcore Star Wars fans would go, yeah, this is canon. When Disney purchased uh, Lucasfilm and and all their properties, um, everything that was part of, that, everything that was not, a part of the movies is now called legends, mm. I believe. So now those are stories that are not necessarily true, but might be told inside the universe of Star Wars, and they're just considered legendary. And then they have they reserve the right to pluck any of those characters from legends and put them in the real canon, quote unquote. So you can have characters that would have only been in like the Dark Horse run of Star Wars comics in the late nineties. Mm. And if there was a popular character in there and you want to use them, but they're technically part of legend. So they're that, that story told about them is not Canon, but then you can take them and go, yep, that legend about them was based off of the real character who we're now going to show you in this film. I, so I've only read two star Wars books and they were definitely star Wars books that were aimed at seventh graders. (laughs) Uh, Each book contained three stories that continue on for the main characters in various points and I remember one of them was Zorba the Hutt, who is Jabba's father, 
And in the context of this story, Zorba arrives on Tatooine and finds out that Jabba has been murdered and that pretty much the whatever government governs Tatooine has seized all of his property and has sold off his you know party barge and everything yeah, like I that. I think effectively he was the law mm-hmm. on Tatooine. Right. So yeah. the, you know someone else is going to take it over, right? Yep. yep. So uh, Zorba finds out that it was Leia who murdered Jabba, and so he goes to Cloud City where uh, Leia and Han have set up their family. And so Han is now no longer a scoundrel, mm-hmm. and he's having trouble adjusting to like family life. So he's he races what essentially is like pods, um, but they don't call it pod racing. And Zorba arrives there, and in true Hut fashion, he makes a deal with Lando, where he says, "I, you know, like, what do you want to bet?" And so Lando bets his mayorship or governorship of Cloud City, <laughs> and Zorba wins. And then Zorba's like, "All right, you know, solos, you're out. It, you're out." He pretty much takes over what they've got and says, "Like, this is my retribution to you." Uh, for all of this. And then Cloud City also had, was having problems with pollution, which okay. I thought was very interesting. Yeah. I really like the hut names because I think in Phantom Menace, when you see Jabba at the pod race, there's a female hut with him. And mm-hmm. I think that's Gardula the hut. I think that's her name. And I just love Gardula, Jabba, Zorba. These are great, great names. You know what's really a great name is when they made space balls and they're like, okay, who's our hut character? And they're like, pizza the hut. That was such a brilliant move on Mel Brooks's part. Um, and then also in these books, there's a hidden Jedi temple where all of the Jedi knowledge has been stored for years, but the real balance of the force is this kid named Ken who is a baby raised by droids. And then I was like, well, this is where it gets too far. Ken. Uh, Ken. 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 Yeah. Ken. Ken the Jedi. Ken. And he never found his last name is too. And I'm like, like Anna Ken. Like, is that, that where Kenobi? it's going for you? Oh. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. The books are bad. And they were like six bucks at Barnes and Noble. But I still have them. So every now and then I think about pulling them out. Because it'd probably take about an hour to read mm-hmm. both books. But I really got into them. I love that Zorba the Hut. And I tell him. I look up to him. I got look up to him <laughs> i'm just fascinated by by star wars in general like i just i don't know like i can't i can't be an adult about it like if star wars is on or if people are talking star wars like i just like get so i get really excited and just like gotta play pretend lightsaber <laughs> yeah you know it's i don't know i i love it i really do well that was part of the reason why you had a lightsaber in um resolex was because mm-hmm. you were really into um Mace Windu. Yeah, I requested my lightsaber to be purple. Be purple, yeah. And so, and I mean, it was James, both James's Star Wars fandom, and then I just saw someone do it on the internet. I was like, oh, that's cool. We can do lightsabers now. Let's just put a lightsaber in the movie. Yeah. And so you do a lightsaber battle with uh, a, a Rezel Ninja. The so, I mean, I'm I'm sure we had talked, probably hung out prior to, but. I I remember when we had a class together. Mm-hmm. Um and mom? No, no. Um Econ? Yes. Yep, Mr. Smith. Yeah. Like I was sitting next to you and you were like doodling and I was so uninterested in Econ. Like 
as was our teacher. So uninterested. <laughs> I just, I couldn't bring myself to care about anything he was saying. And I was just like sitting in that chair being so annoyed and like a teenager. And then like Tucker gets my attention and I looked over and he was like, check this out. And it was like a little doodle of like Obi-Wan and Mace Windu. But as us, it was you and I. Yeah, but I didn't like remember... I mean, I'm sure you knew that I like Star Wars, and I'm sure we probably even like really like hung out yep. before then. But like when you like showed me that photo, I was like, "Hey, man, this Tucker guy, like, <laughs> we might be friends for life." <laughs> I also remember you and Charlie getting into an argument about lightsabers at Charlie's house one time. That got you got you guys got so mad at each other that you walked out, hmm. and it was you were arguing about whether or not lightsabers could stop bullets. What side was I on? You were on the side. I mean, I think you were on the side that it could stop bullets. And Charlie was saying, no, it couldn't. The bullet would just go straight through, become molten lead, and then just kill the person. And you're like, no. it would. I think that was what your stance was. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember just, I was playing like Final Fantasy or something, and Charlie was on his computer, and you were right with him. And you both <laughs> really started getting into it. And then you were like, fuck you, Charlie. And you got up and you left. Like, you drove away. I love when arguments about things that really don't matter in the world become part of that. My sister's friend uh, and some dude got into a big argument about whether or not ferrets go to heaven. Sure. And it ended up with a screaming match of her like slamming this guy's door and being like, you know, you're the idiot. Slam. Be like, whoa, whoa, that escalated quickly. What were you guys talking about? Politics? <laughs> or, and they're like, no, whether or not ferrets go to heaven. We're really getting down and to what matters. I believe his opinion, the guy's opinion, was absolutely ferrets go to heaven because he had nine ferrets. And so oh, he couldn't he think of that. He needed that. Yep. Yeah. He couldn't think of a, a feudal world <laughs> where he's not going to be greeted by yeah. his four-legged furry friend. Um James, what are some other things that you're so passionate about? I'm just going to pause it real quick. Austin is here. Oh. He just texted me. So I told him just to come in and just hang out out there, and okay. we'll grab him when we're done. So but, you know. Tell me about uh, something else that you've done a deep dive into. So you're into football now. We got mm -hmm. running. We got Star Wars. Let's let's quad this thing up and bring the fourth element in. The I would say the thing that I spend the most time into and reading about and consuming is horror. Like... Horror movies, uh, any like horror podcasts, books, uh, true crime. I love true crime. Love that. So stuff. you consider true we got to talk about a few true crime the, things when the before you leave. horror genre, huh? Um, it's. I mean, they're touching each other. Like it's. It's definitely related. Um, especially to like. It's. It's. It's just so scary, you know, like when you I, hear about something a human being is capable of doing to another human being. Right, right. Like that, that to me is, is, is really terrifying. Um, we we'll even think about what it feels like when you see that there's been a car accident. Mm -hmm. like we're like, oh, what, what? Like we all try to get a view at this sort of morbid thing for whatever. And I think part of it is because we don't come into contact with it in our regular lives. Mm -hmm. And it's a scary thing. Yep. So, I mean, I'm super into true crime. Um, and I've watched so much true crime that I'm now just watching police interrogations mm -hmm. because they're fascinating. And then I watch YouTubers break down the police interrogations. Yep, exactly. And when the Chris Watts case happened in Colorado this past year, yep. like that's one of the craziest murders that I've ever even heard of. Did you hear, by the way, he just did a new interview. Mm -hmm. So he just did a new interview with the detectives that got him to confess. 
and it's a written interview that they're going to release. And I guess he's giving the whole breakdown of what happened that night now that he's in jail for the rest of his life right. and he's got nothing to lose nothing to lose sure. so i guess we're gonna get like the like find out his motivation from him and everything yeah i i like to because i mean it's it's probably paranoia drawn on years and years of watching horror movies but like i i very much think like anybody i'm very aware of the fact that anything can happen to anybody at any time um and i i like as someone who like goes running in the dark uh, like I think about that or like, like my wife goes running in the mornings too. Um, so there's always like kind of a part of my brain being like, well, like, what if this happens when you're out there? And so I like to like listen to true crime and like read about that stuff. Like I like, I, I like listening to survivor tales, um, or being like, yeah, this person came in and like tried to stab me and I did this, this, this to get away. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Write that down. Yeah. Remember or they that. like, oh, they grabbed me from behind. So like I kicked them this way and dipped yeah. down this way and I was able to get them. Like, yeah. 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 Okay. 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 I get that. I get that. <laughs> um, so like, I like, I like seeing like how people like kind of get out of this kind of stuff. Um, Would you like to hear a non murder related crime that I was a part of? Yeah. So Many, many years ago, probably 16 years ago, I was in the Twin Cities, and I had driven down in my mother's car and drove my sister and her friend down there. They were off doing their own thing. I went to my friend Jared's house, and I parked in a parking lot right across the street from his house, which was just off of Hennepin Avenue. We're having a party. It's fun. And someone says, hey, JJ, somebody is in your car. And I look out the window, and I there's nobody in this car. You know, no problem. Like, you guys are you guys are drunk. Five minutes later, someone says, Jerry, I swear somebody's in your car. So we all go to this big picture window on the second floor of a building that overlooks this parking lot across the street. And sure enough, I see someone digging around in the front seat of my car. And so we are all inebriated enough where we go like, let's get him. (laughs) And so we run out of this place. Now, we're shooting a short film about a crossing guard. So I'm in a crossing guard outfit and like big plastic boots. And my weapon that I've chosen is a stop sign that they stole from somewhere else. Like cut down like a street sign and then put it on the back of a broom handle. Somebody has a wrench, but they're not wearing a shirt. Uh, Someone grabs a magic wand that's being used in the context of this film. And so we go, we get down through the front door and someone yells, Hey, which is the dumbest thing to do because it alerts the perp Mm -hmm. that we're coming so this guy hops out of the car, and he runs through this parking lot across Hennepin Avenue, almost gets hit by a car. And the guy who's driving the car, we can see, like, whoa, that was weird. You know, this guy just ran in front of my car. Then nine other people, all dressed in costume, <laughs> run in front like of his car. Wand. Yep. <laughs> and so he gets behind this grocery store that's there and disappears into the neighborhood. And we all go, scatter. You know, let's we'll find this guy. And he was wearing a long puffy coat that went down to his ankles that was bright red. So that's good for us because that's a clear (laughs) identifier, right? So we're walking through the streets, walking through the streets, and I see a guy come out from behind a bush and he's right under a street lamp. It's something out of a movie, red puffy coat, and I this is my running, like my one block. The reason I know I can run a block is because I ran a block. And I grabbed this guy and I was like, hey, man, Give me my stuff back. Now, I don't know what he's taken from the car because we didn't stop to investigate. Not important. Not important. (laughs) So 
I'm thinking like I've got an iPod Mini in there. I mean, there's really in the grand scheme of life, there's not a lot of valuables that were in this car. So he pulls away from me and he gets like two steps away. And my friend Jared is there, and Jared has puffed up his chest, and he looks—he looks like he's eight feet tall with this. And he's like, "Come on, man, come on!" And so we both grab him around the arm, and we're like, "Well, we'll march him to the police station." <laughs> I don't know what our game was. Citizens arrest. Yeah. So our friend Jacob comes up, and Jacob says, "You guys, how do you know that this is the guy? Are you just, you know, just choosing this guy because he's wearing a red coat? Lots of people have red coats." And this guy guy finally says something. He goes, he goes, I don't even know what you're talking about. Your friend is right. I'm not the guy who broke into your car. You know, just keep, I'm like, no one mentioned breaking into a car. <laughs> just give me my stuff back. So Jake is this bleeding heart who's trying to assume that there's the best in everybody. And J- like Jake keeps going. And so finally we're like, okay. And so we to take our arms away from this guy. The second we take our arms away, he bolts again, which I would too, if I was trying to be detained. But to me in that moment it was like, that's his, that's guilty guilt. Right. So he takes off running and our friend Jared takes off running. They are going in backyards around the block, blah, 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 blah. And his mistake was he goes to run and jump over a fence and he hits the fence with his, uh, with all of his body weight to use the momentum to go over, but that was actually the door, the gate, and so it wasn't latched. And so when he hits it, it swings into the building. He hits the side of the building and falls off. So Jared grabs him again. I. <laughs> so now Jake believes that he's a criminal as well. So we walk him two blocks to a Super America station that's open 24 hours a day where a kind old woman runs it at night named Fern. Mm-hmm. We're all friends with Fern because it's just it's the closest convenience store to Jared's apartment. And so we're like, Fern, call the cops. We just caught a perp. <laughs> and so Fern takes a picture of this man. And as every person who's coming in, this is just after bar closed, so this place is busy. We're telling him, like, listen, this guy's a criminal. This guy's a criminal. Look at this criminal. So the cops arrive. And they said, well, okay, so you ran down this guy? And we're like, yeah, can you believe we ran down this guy? Like, that's the dumbest damn thing we've ever heard. What if he had a gun or a knife? Or what if he assaulted you in any way? Why would you go looking for trouble? And then they look at our outfits. And they're like, (laughs) what kind of vigilante crew do we have going on here? And so... They say, like, you know, did you break into this car? And he's like, yeah, I did. So he admits it right there, which kind of shocked me because, really, it's six drunk kids saying, we saw this guy in the car, and then we found him, and he hit a gate. Uh, So he finally he says yes, and then one of the cops says, do you think that there's damage to the car? So we go over to the car. He had busted out the back window so that he could get access to the car which really bummed me out because the glass went all over this amazing like tort I had just purchased at an Italian market that was in a box, but still now it's all covered in glass. So you don't want to eat it. Eat the tort. He goes, do you think this is more than $200 to replace? Because if it's over $200, I, we get to hold him until Monday until a judge comes in and he gets arraigned. But if it's under 200, we, 
you know, we process it tonight. He gets a summons and he just walks. And I was like, gosh, I don't know. I'm not a car dealer. And he goes, do you think this could cost more than $200? He said, well, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Like if the motor's damaged, he goes, he goes, if this is over $200, if you think it'll be over $200. And then I go, oh, Definitely over $200. <laughs> so we had to drive back without putting a window in because we were going to get it done in Fargo. So we borrowed a pillow and some cardboard, taped <laughs> sure. that thing up. And it was really comfy. Whoever like sat in that seat, I thought it's going to be a bummer for you. But they used the pillow. It was very nice. We got back. I think the total ended up being something like 580 bucks oh. because they had to pull yeah. the back panel. It was expensive. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then I got a letter from the mayor of Minneapolis congratulating me <laughs> on my citizen's arrest. <laughs> but looking back on it, it was the dumbest thing that I had ever done. Yeah. So stupid. But we've got we've got pictures with the guy <laughs> that we took in Super America. We should, we should track him down and get him on the podcast. <laughs> see what happened to his life. He's yeah, probably on should. Facebook. <laughs> see, I'm worried that he's looking for me on Facebook. Yeah. Like, that's why, luckily, I don't go by my real full name. I go by the JJ. Yeah. So it's much more difficult to find. Like, you're going to find JJ Abrams before you find. Yeah. Now, a lot of people know that his name is Jenna Jameson Gordon. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. But I'm not that. named after the porn star. She's actually named after me. Right. Yeah. Right. Even though she's several years older than she I She used am. to babysit that's JJ. It it's a weird way it happened. Mm-hmm. She was like, JJ. Hmm. A lot of my used to be babysitters. Yeah. A lot of my babysitters turned out to be adult film stars. Do you know, that, that have anything to do with you? I'd like to think so, but <laughs> sure. you know I'm not going to stand up and just take credit for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and then just really quick, uh, at the time of this recording, the new Child's Play reboot has not hit. Mm-hmm. But you're a fan of the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Do you do you like the Child's Play movies with Chucky the doll? Yeah, yeah. What do I you do. think about this new one where it's not a voodoo? It's an AI experiment gone wrong. Do you know how it happened too? How they made this movie? It's not with the blessing of the creators. With Don right. Mancini, it's not. Yeah. He's moving forward with a child's play television uh, series. Yeah, sci-fi. Well, he's been making his own. I mean, he's been making Chucky movies for the past couple of years now, mm-hmm. and apparently, it's just through some sort of licensing loophole. Yep. That they have the right to make their own child's play movie if they want to, and so they're just doing their own thing separate from from his universe, which is kind of weird. But oh, whatever. You know, I, I I'm interested to see what the Chucky TV series is like. I'm excited for it, but I mean, what do you think about that when they change something drastic like that? Um, I'm not into Chucky enough to really care either way. Like, I'm gonna, Cause I'm gonna it's not watch real it. Crime, it's not real <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> um, but it's like I, I feel like we we need that kind of stuff around. Like, I'm, I am a little tired of seeing remakes. Um, but it's also super important because it shines a wonderful light on the genre. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really, really good indie horror right now, like fascinating, terrifying stuff out there. Um, and that's, I mean, those are getting made because they're rebooting all this other stuff. I mean, so like whatever a company or somebody needs to do just to make sure that like horror stays relevant and in the forefront of things. And I can go to a few horror movies in the theaters every year. 
Um, I mean, I don't really care what they do. I mean, it's it's the same philosophy I actually have about Star Wars. Like, I have no major issues with any of like the Star Wars prequels or like anything that's coming out. Like from my point of view, I want them, I want Disney to put out 400 Star Wars movies every year. Like let's get as much as humanly possible because I want to think like there's, I doubt there's going to be a day in my adult life where I'm just like, well, Star Wars had a good run, but I'm done with it now. Like I imagine me taking my children to Star Wars in the theaters. Right. Mm. So like and you always have the stuff that you became a fan of too to look back on regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a massive Ninja Turtles fan. I hate the Michael Bay Ninja Turtle movies, but they didn't ruin Ninja Turtles for yeah. me because they're done. New ones are gonna come, they're gonna keep making Ninja Turtle stuff. And I still have all the stuff that I loved as a kid yeah. to go back and look at. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel the same way about Ninja Turtles. Is I just want Ninja Turtle stuff constantly and Right now, we're deluged with superhero movies. That makes five-year-old me happier than I could ever be. I want more and more and more. Keep making superhero movies. I wish that more franchises would follow what the Muppets did and just make a baby's version of what they're doing. Okay, like slasher babies? Yeah. You know, slasher babies, (laughs) we make your blood run red. Like babies in like the full-size, like masks like a yeah. doll mask that'd be adorable so, yeah so like the the baby jason Voorhees can barely get his arms around yeah. the side of the hockey mask freddy you know? krueger's got like child safe like yeah like, like a glove like, on. like the rounded edge scissors <laughs> uh you know your your baby michael myers is always falling over because the you know because he's inside the mask he hasn't grown like, into the shatner mask yet. yeah they didn't right? make him for kids yet so it just flops around a lot more in mm-hmm. his head i mean have you seen the thing where it's like horror high? Someone did uh, it's it's all if if there was a high school where all of these famous horror characters were together and the tropes of being mm-hmm. in high school. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny stuff. When they made uh, Freddy versus Jason, um, there was a lot of talk for a bit that the sequel was going to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see that movie. They, I still think they should make. They that talked movie. about that so much. Like you, you know, you're hearing about. Uh, Leatherface versus Michael Myers, Pinhead versus this. Even like RoboCop versus Terminator. Yeah. Like these matchups that we really want to see. All of that. Make those. Please make those things. I want them to do a new Jason, Freddy versus Jason, because the one we got, they only fight for like five minutes towards the end of the movie. Loved it. I I mean, I liked that. Yeah. I was like, okay, make another two hours of that, Mm -hmm. please. That's what I want to see is a two hour fight between those two. You don't give a crap about the citizens of this town and how they have to take like Lunesta every night that the parents are dragging the kids. Like, (laughs) I don't care about that. What I care about is watching like, Freddy mess up Jason and trap him inside of like a rain tunnel. Yeah. Which I believe is what happened. Yeah. When they're they're fighting at the end and it's just like complete, complete chaos. Like every stab, there's just fountains of blood. Like, Mm. (laughs) like I, I love that. I live for that. I think that's so much fun. I love that section. I just wanted more of that section in the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They did a pretty good job though. I, I think like the, the divide between, like even now, I, I've seen that movie a lot. I really have, um, and oh, <laughs> even really? now, yeah, quite a bit. Um, I watch the first half of the movie and forget that I'm watching Freddy versus. Like I forget that mm-hmm. in 25 minutes we're gonna do a complete tonal shift into a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Like I'm just like, God, this is such a a well done, updated Jason movie. I'm like, oh right. 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 <laughs> Did they ever release Kelly that Rollins in this too? Jason video game. 
where you could play Jason or you could play a camper. And like, it wasn't about defeating Jason. It was like, can you hide long enough to survive? Yeah, it's online. I've I've seen some play footage from it. It looked pretty amazing. I just don't want to play that with other people. Mm. Like if I could, if they could release it on Xbox and you could do like a single player offline campaign and it's just me as Jason hunting down uh, campers, that'd probably be my favorite game. But I'm turned off by like, a headset and yeah. coordinating with 13 year olds <laughs> around the world being called all sorts of names. Be like, dude, you, you, you're not even old enough to go see these movies in the theaters. Yeah. Step off. I, I just loaded up rust the other day and I was about to, I hadn't played it in years and I started to play it. And within seconds, a, a, a person who's fully naked with full genitalia on this, like on this system now, comes up to me and he's got his microphone on and he goes, what's your name? Tucker. That's a stupid name. <laughs> Kills me. And then teabags my camera. Yeah. And so I'm seeing this like massive genitalia what? in a video game within seconds of starting up the game. And I was like, Oh, that's right. That's yeah. why I don't play this anymore. <laughs> yeah. I loved red dead redemption, but when they put the online version out, the, unless you got into it immediately and you super gamed it, it was no fun because I would spawn and then two seconds later I'd be dead and I'd mm-hmm. spawn again and people would be mocking me and it'd be like, look at you, you idiot. So on that note, look at you, you wonderful son of a bitch, James Wood. <laughs> Thanks for being our guest on JJ Meets World today. Yeah, it's good. Thanks. Where, where do people track you down online if they want to find you? Watch your, your running pictures or your pictures of snow penises. Um. I you can just key in James Wood into into Instagram. And yours is without the S, so the James Woods is a different yeah, guy. It's just one of me. I wonder if uh, he's going to get a massive update in followers, and they're going to be like, "Hey, where's a snow penis?" And then he'll he'll have a violent outrage via Twitter. December fifteenth, two years ago. Just keep scrolling. It's <laughs> it's there. Thanks, dude. A huge thanks to Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty for sponsoring this podcast. Folks, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, contact Natalie Deutsch today because Natalie Deutsch is not only a previous podcast guest, she's somebody who's going to care enough to sell your property for top dollar. She's also going to find you the best price possible if you're purchasing a new home. Last year on average, Natalie earned her clients $4,000 over list price on their homes and sold them faster than the market average. On average, Natalie's selling a home every 3.74 days. That's two homes a week. Those numbers don't lie. Find out why Natalie is one of the top agents in this entire market. Get a hold of her today, Natalie at HatchRealtyFM.com. You can also call 701-388-9338 or go on to LiveFargoMoorhead.com. That's LiveFargoMoorhead.com. Read all of her amazing reviews and then listen to her episode of JJ Meets World. Thanks again to Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode of JJ Meets World and would like to help us continue to produce two new episodes every week, you can donate to our Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash JJ Meets World and donate today. Even as little as a dollar a month can go a long way. Visit our website at www.jjmeetsworld.com or hit up our social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
all the sites the kids are using these days. If you'd like to stay up to date on new episodes of JJ Meets World, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you consume the podcast that you love. JJ Meets World is produced every week by Tucker Lucas. You can find out more about Tucker's work by checking out www.moonbasemaria.com. If you want to get in touch with your host with the most, go to linebenders.com, and you can find direct contact info for JJ. I've been sending people to jjmeetsworld.com, and I thought it was M-E-A-T-S. I look like such an idiot. This is literally the fourth time you brought up that joke on this show. (laughs) It's the fourth time I've made this joke? I have literally been sending people to jjmeetsworld.com, but I've been spelling it the way you see world on old maps where there's an E at the end. And now someone's squatting on that web address, and and, and they're asking for money, and I, I don't have the money. I don't have any money. All I've got are used Kleenexes.